that's what I think is so exciting about when somebody is challenged with something medically and you focus on getting to the root cause of it and you're going to feel like the best you've ever felt and you're optimizing every area of your overall health. Hey guys, welcome back to the selfie show where we are bringing you the weekly dose of sweet and salty. I am Tori, the founder and now co host of the selfie show. I am a nurse, blogger and podcaster and sitting across from me is my very spicy co host. I am Sam. I am a flight nurse, college professor, podcaster, powerlifter, and co-host of The Selfie Show. And today we're talking off the clock with Tina Anderson, co-founder and CEO of Just Thrive. Yes. Good stuff. I'm so excited about today, you guys. Um, So she was actually featured on my favorite podcast, The Him and Her Show. I heard about her products. This is probably, I don't know, six or eight months ago. I started using them and then we reached out to Tina and her team and we managed to get her to come on to talk to you guys today about their amazing products. We're so excited about today. Before we get into it today, single girl, married girl, life tip of the week. I have had like a, a moment today. I went to the pool, got some sunshine, which was much needed. I think I don't spend enough time outside. So just getting out fresh air, sun was able to help me like kind of recenter a little bit. But then I had a really good like hour long phone call with my girl, um, Aubrey. So she's from my gym. She's my nutrition coach. She's awesome. You can find her on Instagram, the bride trainer, just shout her out. But her and I had a good like hour long chat just about me and my life and really trying to kind of recenter myself because 2020 was a rough year on me and I've been kind of pretty open about that and she asked me this really good question she said are you the best version of yourself Mm -hmm. and I paused and to be honest no I'm not and then she's like then you need to be the best version of yourself before you worry about dating or relationships or anything and it really kind of was like a good punch in the face that I Mm. kind of think I needed a little bit because I've been like really annoyed and fed up lately with like the dating world dating apps are garbage I think I've mentioned that on here but I'm just kind of like and I'm so focused on this podcast and my career and everything that I almost feel like sometimes I don't know what I want and she's like you're so chaotic you're putting out like mixed vibes into the universe and the universe doesn't know what to send you Ooh, and I was like damn that's really good yeah yeah I feel like we should have her on the podcast she's such a bad bitch I love her but she like and she's like doesn't sugarcoat things and she's like I'm not saying this like insensitive but you need to like focus on you Mm -hmm. and I feel like I've always done that like I always think of myself as this like strong independent woman who's just like I grind and I got my shit together and I'm like all about myself but at the end of the day I do put all my energy into everything else and not as much into me so I think that talk with her was so needed because I just need to find me a little bit more yeah right recenter now, yourself instead of just bit. like yeah worried about like these fuck boys on dating apps and she's <laughs> yeah. like you're not gonna keep attracting them into the universe if you're the best version of yourself you're gonna attract yeah your equal which is like someone who's the best version of themselves and I'm like I believe in 
all the energy you put out is what you get back in return and all that. So yeah. I'm like, all right, I think I'm just going to like delete that for you. Delete hinge. There you go. Like, just chill. Yeah. Focus on me and like becoming a better version of myself before I worry about all these little boys. I love that. That's actually but I, really, I don't know. I feel yeah. good about that mm-hmm. right now of just. Yes. Usa. Yeah. Usa. Bring it back. Yeah. Center. Yeah. Ooh, I love this right? for you. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'll keep you all updated. Okay. Okay. All right. Can't so, wait. What, what are we, what's going on in Married World? Um, so, I love the idea of changing things up to really avoid that like boredom in your relationship, to really just kind of get it spicy and do something that you normally wouldn't. So, um, this last weekend, actually, yesterday, we, um, Jacob, Okay, so long story short, everyone knows here, I'm kind of like extrovert, introvert, right? Like I really love being personable and getting to know people and all these things. But then I'm like super introvert. I would love to stay home and just do me and like hang out and like watch movies and just like not do anything. So Jacob was like, no, we need to go out. We need to go do something. So we went to a friend's um, going away party and he's becoming, he's going into the medical field and so he's moving. And so we went over there and it was the first time, you guys, that I felt like I was at this party where I literally had to like sit or hover over the toilet because it felt like a frat party where we're going into this house where it's like these two dudes live there. And I was like, we're basically at this. Everyone there was under the age of like 30 and it was just so much fun. I was like, everyone was just having a great time. It was just kind of like letting loose, having fun. We just kind of got out of it. And like Jacob basically forced me to go. But I was like, it was so much fun. And I just I'm glad that he pushed it, pushed me out of my little, you know, hole, my square peg round hole moment, because I just felt like it was just a nice little like, oh, yeah, like we used to do things like this, like go do spontaneous things together. And it was just kind of like a moment where I was like, oh, yeah, like, I don't know. It was just really fun to do and get out of our box and get out of our, our norm. Go I do think something good lightly. on you that you even kept like an open mind. Yeah. <laughs> to do that. Trust me. I just so wanted easy to just shut it down and be like, yeah, no. Yeah. And I definitely want to. I'm a to. yeah, no kind of girl. <laughs> yeah. If I don't want to do something. So that's good. It felt so good to get out and do that. And it's funny because I didn't think it was going to be. I literally just want to lay down and like on the couch and watch Netflix. But, you know, I, I did it for that. him. But it was so much fun. Yay. Yeah. Love that for get you. Get out of that boredom, you know, have a little moment. So question of the week from the listeners. OK, so I, we got this one this week and I just thought it was so interesting and such a great point to bring up. So the question was, with the push into technology, especially over this past year, do you think healthcare providers will actually be pushed out of their job or their work, you know, due to machinery, technology, even like robots, like that kind of, you know, thought process? So what what do you think? So I'm actually super nerdy into science. So the robotics industry is super interesting to me with surgery and everything. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. They use robotics for surgery, but there's still a surgeon overseeing the robot. Right. You know what I mean? You can't take away because at the end of the day, if something goes wrong, you still need someone who can. All right. We're going this from being a laparoscopic robotic procedure to like, OK, you're coding. The yeah. robot's not going to code you. Right. 100%. Um, okay, so my first answer is no. I don't think that we're going to be replaced by by critical machinery. Critical thinking will always still have to oversee technology because yep. I even tell my nursing students and when I used to do new grads, 
you don't just get to trust what the computer says. Yep. Or the pump. Or the pump. Or the monitor. Whatever. Or the monitor or yep. whatever. Critical thinking still has to, you need to look at all of your technology and still critically think to say, does this still add up? Yes. We're the last line. Yes. I think, though, what could be really cool is having more things implemented into helping our lives, like, ease up I'm the bedside, especially the bedside, but I mean, any any healthcare provider in general. But my head goes to, like, wouldn't it be cool to have something implemented, like, algorithms to help you check or maybe catch things sooner? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or how technology can help improve our lives. Like, I actually think that there's a huge wave of this happening, and I think it's important. You know, I... Sometimes it's kind of funny because I feel like medical, we're the most progressive, regressive field. Totally. We're like, we should be more up on the technology. I feel we like we're be. really behind, actually, yes. in some aspects based mm-hmm. on what we're capable of. I mean, yeah. fucking Elon Musk is like yes. doing all this shit. And yes. We're still like, like, imagine if Elon I Musk. I still was... paper chart on transport. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like, okay, imagine if Elon Musk was putting all of his efforts towards the medical field. Yeah. We would be insanely pushed forward. Uh-huh. I mean, even things like, I mean, you're obviously you're charting, but I just think about things that could ease up our lives. Yeah. And things that have eased up our our lives through our short journey as nurses, like even breast milk scanning, um, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of places are doing that with blood products now, which makes our lives a lot easier. You know, there's just a lot of things that I think we still can do so much better at. Even having like our medical uh, records on an app universally, like why aren't there better things? Why are there so many systems? Yeah. I mean, even people trying to figure out how to get health insurance in general. Like, why is that such a nightmare? Yeah, we are. We have a, a long way to go. School. I, I think that I'm excited to see technology progress. Mm-hmm. I mean, even from a NICU nurse perspective, 20 years ago, the babies that now survive and not only just survive, but thrive and do well. Yeah. Used to not even make it. Yep. Yeah. Because of even technology. babies, like since we've practiced, yeah. been practicing as mm-hmm. nurses, a lot of things have changed. Um, I think we have a lot way to go, a long way to go. With technology, do I think we're going to be replaced? Absolutely not. I don't think that will ever. I don't think human touch will ever replace anything that we do for our patients or their families. Um, the critical I, thinking, I think, is the backbone of healthcare, mm-hmm. and all the technology in the world still can't take away the fact that you need someone to be able to critically think, think things yep. through. Yeah, to help. Yeah, your patients and their families and things like that. Yeah. That was a really good question. I That's good that. because I need a job. So <laughs> don't try to take mine. Robot. Yeah, exactly. What was that movie with Will Smith? The iRobot. iRobot. Yeah. <laughs> I wish a motherfucker would. Okay. Just try me. <laughs> We're so excited to get into it today with Tina Anderson of Just Thrive. She's the co-founder and CEO and her probiotics and products are the real deal you guys they They have been through like rigorous testing they're formulated with scientific research and we really just go into gut health and gi which is a big topic for tori because she's been on her own gi journey in life yeah even jacob was saying this about a week ago about how it's so crazy over the past month i have not had nearly half the issues that I have ever had with my stomach you guys like I'm not going to go into detail about this but I struggle big time with GI issues and since I started taking this probiotic I swear it has been helping me not like I I don't even know this is the only thing that I've changed in my diet or in anything and it's been such 
a huge change. And not only that, I see a change in my skin. Mm. my skin and well, my I just GI. started all the stuff so I'm like excited to kind of yeah. monitor my progress but the coolest thing about this is just Tina's background um, and where she started off with so Tina's journey into the world of health is actually super unique she began her career as a trial lawyer and then after her second child she decided to leave that high stress job behind and focus on her family but because she had all of her legal skills and background, she was able to kind of launch a new career and direction. From there, she became in-house counsel for a family pharmaceutical company. And that really began her interest in the healthcare field. Tina, along with her husband, created a unique supplement that contains the superior probiotic strains of renowned researcher Dr. Simon Cutting. By promoting gut health and probiotics, Tina shares her passion for wellness, helping others, and living your best physical and emotional life. We are thrilled to have her on today. You guys, we get into not only the probiotics, we get into prebiotics, IgG, complement immune supports. We just have such a great episode for you guys today. And if you stay tuned, we have a really special offer for every single Selfie Podcast listener at the end. So let's dive in. Okay, well, thank you so much, Tina, for coming on. Um, A little backstory. So I discovered you on the Skinny Confidential, him and her show, and I was so impressed by your interview. And I had to try your products, of course. So I've actually been using them for the past three months, and I want to start this off with a bang. Why is it so important to take care of your gut? Well, thanks so much for having me here, ladies. I'm so excited. Your podcast is awesome. So I love what you're doing. Um, And so why is it so important to start with your gut? Um, I don't even know where to start with that. That's such a loaded question because it is so, (laughs) so relevant. I can't, that is where you start. And the reason is that one, we have now learned that we are 10 times more bacterial cells than we are human cells. So we, you know, that's hard for people to grasp. I mean, we have 10 times more bacteria, bacterial cells than human cells in our body. And so, so much of our health is dictated by the health of our bacteria and our microbiome. So the microbiome is the totality of all of our organisms. And so we know that all of these organisms that are dictating virtually every aspect of our overall health. In fact, there's, it's hard to find any disease that's not associated with an imbalance of your gut bacteria. So um, it is really where you start with health. It's, you know, when you talk about absorbing nutrients, when you talk about, um, you know, any type of gastrointestinal issue is where people start to think of gut health, but gut health has expanded so much beyond that. We learned from the Human Microbiome Project that was launched from the National Institutes of Health that um, more about the gut than we ever knew before. And we knew that it is really dictating virtually every aspect of our overall health. So I'm really curious. I want to take this all back. Um, We want to hear a little bit about yourself. Can you dive into your background, where this all started? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've had a very interesting journey, as you probably heard when I was on the Skinny Confidential, but I was, I'm an attorney and I was in litigation for many years and um, I started having children and just decided that that was that life was crazy. I was working um, crazy hours, weekends, nights, all of that. And I just didn't want to do that. So I was able to 
pivot into the pharmaceutical industry at, and work as general counsel for a family pharmaceutical industry, um, company. And I thought that was great. My husband was in the business. We were in there together. And it was wonderful to be able to deliver life-saving medications to people. And we thought we were just doing such a great job there. And, and we were to some extent, but it pharmaceuticals wasn't necessarily... Um, it didn't speak to us. Um, we saw a lot of the overprescribing of medications. Um, we saw a lot of the abuses in the industry. In fact, one example was when we had won this huge bid at a huge hospital system in um, one of the huge largest hospital systems in the country. And we, the pharmaceutical rep came into our office and started giving us high fives. Like, this is so great. We won this bid. And he goes, you know what my job is now? My job now is to go to every cardiologist and lower the number that they prescribe this medication for, you know, and so basically it, it, trying to prescribe more of a medication, maybe when it wasn't necessary. And, you know, a part of us was like shocked. And then another part of us was like, why were we shocked? Because we see this with our own relatives. We had a relative who, you know, had some stomach issues and, and ended up taking medicine. And then she had joint issues from that medicine. And then from that pharmaceutical, she had a skin rash and then she had another one. And you know, within a couple months, she was on a dozen different medications and never getting better. And so, you know, we just were like, this is not our life's work. And so we read a lot of Wayne Dyer and Norman Vincent Peale and um, just believed we needed to do something that was more in line with who we are and how we lived our lives with our ourselves and our three children. And and so we started researching and um, exploring lots of different options and through, I always say, I feel like being at the right place at the right time, a lot of meditation and prayer, we were able to license these very um, incredible probiotic strains from London University. Um, and from there, Just Thrive Probiotic was born. And it was literally the most gratifying career journey I've ever been on. And um, it's been it's just, I feel so grateful and so blessed. So what really in inspired you to start Just Thrive? Like how did this whole branding start and the concept behind the company? And how did you even yeah, begin uh, this? It was really hard because I thought, oh, I could do this. You know, I've got the background and it's like, I had no background on marketing. I knew that these strains were so incredible and they were going to be game-changing. They were going to be disrupting the probiotic market. We knew that they were so great. And I thought, well, everyone's just going to buy them. You know, I didn't know you had to market it and do all that kind of stuff. So we just, I, I mean, I just started learning about it and I just, and um, I didn't even coming up with the name. Um, my aunt came up with the name um, and it was just, it, we wanted, the whole point of our business was to empower people. I mean, we really want people to start taking control of their health. And, you know, people like you guys, the podcast you're doing, you're getting this message out to people. I, I can't applaud you enough for that because that is so much one of our core values is empowerment because, you know, we want to bring a really great product to the market. And that is one of our other our core values that we only bring products that are missing and needed in the market. But it's also about educating our customer educating people so that they could start taking product or taking, you know, their control of their own health and wellness. And so um, we thought, you know, you want to just thrive, you just want to thrive. That's all you want to do. So we came up with the name. Just thrive. I feel that yeah. so much. <laughs> I think that speaks to me so much right now, because I'm trying to get my body healthier. Like I just got iron infusions because I found out I was deficient. Now I'm taking B12. And I'm really just looking into how I can be as healthy naturally without like, I won't take birth control anymore. I don't want those hormones. I'm just like, how can I take care of my body in the most natural way possible to like optimize my life or 
like that's why I like your company name, yeah. Just Thrive. Like I'm really out here trying to thrive in 2020. Oh, I love that. Good for you. That's <laughs> awesome. I love that you're finding out, you know, what you're deficient in and you're taking action towards it. That's awesome. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't know their own bodies and what they need. And then we just start to rely on medication and medication instead of getting to the root of wellness. Yeah. And I have this um, fabulous functional medicine doctor that I found in, and she's so great because she listens to me and I will, and she knows, obviously I'm relatively educated in this field, but she's always like, Oh, that's a great idea. I didn't think about that. Or, you know, cause I do a lot of reading myself and I'm like, well, what about this? Do you think I might be deficient in this? She's like, let's test for that. And she's so open-minded and I just want to see that. Yeah. I, I, I love open-minded. So, you know, yes. You just, it's hard to see that. And, and what I'm finding is that people who, you know, when, when you go to a doctor that takes insurance, unfortunately they don't have the time. They, they, they don't give you the time, or I don't know if they right. don't have the time or they don't give you the time. This doctor, I can't, you know, I mean, they don't accept insurance and it's, but, but yet she'll give me yeah. an hour and a half. Sometimes it was like one time it was an hour and 45 minutes and she's talking about my nutrition and what I'm eating and gosh I just want to see that more often so much of that is missing in medicine as much as I work in our healthcare system in the United States I'm not actually the biggest fan of our model because I don't think we approach things western medicine is needed we save lives obviously the use of you know the development of antibiotics of diagnostics you know yeah. all these things is wonderful but i do think there's this huge element that we don't touch mm -hmm. on and i agree with you tina i think that oftentimes providers get so kind of stuck in either their way or their limited amount of time and they'll say something like well here's your labs coming back and you know you look fine from this aspect but they're really not able to get to the root of whatever something else may be. And we also don't, I mean, a lot of them just don't have time to sit there and have a full amount of time to really grasp the whole patient as a whole. And we're so treat, treat, treat focused and not, well, what's actually causing this? What's the underlying thing? Like, for example, my B12 level is in range, but it took my specialist doctor, the hematologist to determine, hey, even though it's in range, you're at the low end of normal and that's not enough for your yeah, body. Yeah, it's not optimal. And that right. was something that my primary didn't pick up on because it just wasn't flagged as being out of range. Yeah, I've had that happen to me so many times. It's like, that is a range. We want to go to the optimal range. You know, they're not giving us the optimal yeah. range. We want to be, how is our body optimized by, you know, what number that you're at? So I agree. And I also feel like the whole, you know, um, the pharmaceuticals, I agree with you. There is a place for pharmaceuticals, especially in emergency type medicine or acute situations, but yeah. it's the chronic conditions that we'd like to get to the root cause of what is causing a chronic condition. And then, and even if you need a pharmaceutical temporarily, but you know, the goal is to get off of it and to get to the root cause. Why do I have high cholesterol, high blood pressure, um, whatever autoimmune disease, whatever it may be and get to the root cause of it. And I think we also ignore and accept just kind of feeling crappy. And that was my problem is for six months, I felt terrible. And I was just like, I'm stressed. We live in a high stress environment and we kind of ignore signals right in front of our face, signs right in front of our face and just accept this way of living that isn't fully right, thriving. Right, right. 
I couldn't agree with you more. So I really want to dive into your products because they truly are one of a kind. And I just, I think everything you have done is revolutionary in this realm. So can you go into that a little bit about your probiotic and some of your uh, products as yeah, well? Absolutely. So our flagship product is our spore-based probiotic. So spore-based probiotics are a completely different um, category of probiotics. I mean, they are, the majority of probiotics um, are made up of lactobacillus and bifidobacterium strains. So all the ones you see at the grocery store, all the ones you see, you know, online, they're all, the majority of them are made up of lactobacillus and bifidobacterium. And all of those products and that idea about lactobacillus and bifidobacterium was they were all created before the Human Microbiome Project was la launched by the National Institutes of Health. Um, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying all of them, but almost all of them were, you know, they were all formulated based on what we used to know about the microbiome. So the spore-based bacteria are very different in that they were, we, we decided to bring these to market because of what we learned about the microbiome too. And then also we know that these strains have actually been found in our environment. Our ancestors, you know, they had these strains on a daily basis. They would eat roots and tubers from the land and they would get the soil, these organisms from the soil and they would get them on a daily basis. So the biggest significance with spore-based probiotics is their ability to survive the gastric system. Most probiotics, most probiotic foods, most probiotic drinks will all die. The, the lactobacillus and bifidobacterium strains will die in the stomach acid. The stomach is very acidic. It's known as the gastric barrier. It will, they will die by the, by the time they ever get to the intestines. And we have to remember that the very definition of a probiotic is that it needs to arrive alive in the intestines and confer a benefit onto the host, which is the body. So the spores actually have this endospore shell around itself. And again, this is not something that we have engineered or we have, you know, um, enterocoded. These are the way they are found in nature. They have this endospore shell and they're dormant. So when you're swallowing them, they're dormant. You, they go down your, they get into your hot body temperature, which is 98.6, they're dormant. They get into your gastric system, they're dormant. Then they make it to the intestines. And when they hit the intestines, they take that shell off and that's when they become a live bacterial organism. That's when they go into their live vegetative cell state. And when they get there, they actually stay there for about 21 to 28 days where most probiotic strains would just you know, come through and pass through the body. And um, again, it's not to say that other probiotics don't provide any type of benefit. You may get some symptomatic relief, but it's the same. You're not getting to the root cause of an issue. You know, you're not going in there and fixing that microbial environment in the gut. So these spores are just, they are such an incredible tool. And, you know, like we said, you know, gut health is foundational. And unfortunately we live in the this very antimicrobial world. Like I said, we are 10 times more bacteria than we are human, yet everything we do in the modern world is offensive to our gut health. I mean, antibiotics, antibiotics are detrimental to our gut health. Mm -hmm. Of course, do people need them from time to time? They're life-saving and I never dispute that, but they are very detrimental to our gut health. Um, there was a study that the CDC came out with that said 50%, up to 50% of antibiotics prescribed are actually unnecessary. Um, and this is wreaking havoc yeah. on people. Um, people um, get antibiotics in their food supply. Um, we also see glyphosate, which is the active ingredient in Roundup, which is, you know, a sprayed on all of our crops. Roundup is very offensive to our gut health. Stress, very important, offensive to our gut health. Um, 
household products, you know, especially now with the hand sanitizer and all of the, it's awful. It's like, yeah, yeah. We feel that. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, mm-hmm. being nurses and being, you know, and it's like the hand sanitizer everywhere you go. And it, it's just, it is, I've never used hand sanitizer. I mean, I did admit, I will admit that I did started, start to, you know, when COVID hit, but I don't anymore, but it's like, I never had used hand sanitizer. I would never buy it. Cause it's like, it's killing our microbes, which is what is supporting our immune system. We are really living in this very um, antimicrobial world. And yet our, we know our gut microbiome is so critical to our overall health. And so the spores that are found in Just Thrive are very different in that they get to the intestines alive. They start to work there and they stay there for about 21 to 28 days in the intestines and start to make some true changes. We also published a study on these strains on leaky gut. And it showed that these strains are helping to seal up that leaky, the leakiness of the gut, which is, I mean, we could talk more about leaky gut, but leaky gut is just so offensive to our overall health. Well, it's interesting. I can speak to that. So I started taking your product probably two or three months ago. And Sam knows this. I have horrible gut issues. It's just been something that I've struggled with my whole life, you know. And it's interesting because Jake was like, even uh, this was like two days ago, he was like, you haven't had any issues lately. Like I haven't had any like um, I severe gut pain. Um, I'm not going to go into the second issue that I have. But I was just going to say, you use the bathroom the a lot I less. <laughs> since I've, maybe she's going to make me yeah. edit that out. But honestly, I've noticed that you've yeah. been different in the last couple months. Yeah. it's And it, I swear, I'm like, I swear by this product because I we haven't added anything else. I haven't changed anything else. All we've done, if, I, I do take your IgG too, which I want you to talk about too. But I take your IgG and then I take your probiotic. And I swear this has helped me. I mean... I can't even say enough good things about oh it. God. Thank you for sharing that. That's amazing. I mean, I swear these testimonials never get old. It's like what feeds me, you know, it, it's awesome. So I want to get specific on the product strains because what I think I loved so much about your interview over on the Him and Her show was your sourcing and how you guys started with Dr. Simon Cutting. Can you sort of dive into that yeah, a little no, bit? So uh, Dr. Simon Cutting is an incredible probiotic researcher, one of the world-renowned probiotic researchers. And he, what his, what he did was he actually was able to, you know, like I said, these strains are found abundantly in the nature, in nature. They're not found in our soil because our soil is so depleted and over farmed. But if you went to like a tribe in Tanzania where the soil was very clean and pristine, you would find these strains. So he sourced these strains um, decades ago. And he was, the, the key is that, so most probiotics, like I was explaining, will die in the intestines or in the stomach acid before they get to the intestines. And so would spores. Spores would also die if they became alive before they got into the, into the stomach. So what he was able to perfect was to keep these strains in spore form through the manufacturing process. So that was the, real, that was the key thing, because even if a spore-based probiotic becomes alive, like let's, people will ask if they could ferment with it. And I'm like, absolutely, it would be a great to ferment with, but it will become alive. And then therefore it will die before it gets to the intestines. So you would, you could ferment with it, but you wouldn't want to replace that with, you know, just taking the probiotic because um, that's the key. The key is to get the, the strains into the intestines alive. And so we were 
able to license these strains from him. And really one of the really cool strains in our product is um, Bacillus Indicus, HU36. Um, this strain actually produces carotenoids. So it actually produces antioxidants, carotenoids, like alpha and beta carotene, lycopene, lutein, astaxanthin, zeaxanthin, all these incredible antioxidants are being produced in the gut exactly where they need to be absorbed. So one of the most bioavailable forms of antioxidants on the market, because you're actually getting these strains right inside of the intestines. They're being produced right where they need to be absorbed. So, in, and, and we, we did a double blind human clinical trial on leaky gut, which we could talk about later, but the researchers believe that that strain was so critical to the favorable study findings because of the fact that you know, leaky gut is caused by that oxidative stress. And now we know we've got these antioxidants being produced in the gut right where they need to be absorbed. So they're helping combat that oxidative stress. I don't even think I realized that things weren't making it actually to the intestines. Right. Yeah, yeah no, I mean- it, That's like a newsflash to me. That was one of the first studies we did was a, survi a gastric survivability study. And they took the leading selling probiotic sold at a major health food store. And they took this, the bacillus spore-based probiotics that are used in Just Thrive. And they found that the, um, the lactobacillus kind that was found, it was like a 50 billion count product. It died 99.99% by the time it got to the intestines where ours survived hundred um, percent. And, and this is happening. This is now, it's kind of known now, you know, I mean, companies know this about their probiotics. So I'm curious because when your product arrived, it's obviously not refrigerated. Can you talk about that a little bit? Cause a lot of them are in the refrigeration section and I was really surprised. I was like, oh, this isn't re refrigerated? I was yeah. like, hmm. So can you dive into that yes, a little bit? I love when people ask me this question because it's really one of the biggest mind-blowing myths out there. I mean, people will always ask, well, my doctor told me it needs to be refrigerated because that means it's a good probiotic. And, and I guess where that kind of came from, where that myth started was that you'd see like the ones on the store shelf, you know, at the drugstore and like they were probably dead before they even, you know, they were, they were yeah, dead. Totally. They were just dead. And then you go to the one. It's like as fresh as their exactly, produce. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so then you go to the um, refrigerated section. And so assuming they made it through like the supply chain, they're alive in the refrigerator. So these are, they are live microorganisms. And if they were to go on the store shelf, they're so sensitive that they would die with room temperature. So room temperature alone would kill them. So how in the world would they ever survive your body temperature? Which that makes yeah. so much yeah, sense. It it's like yeah. they would never survive your body temperature if they can't even survive the room temperature of the store shelf. And so that was that's really one of the biggest myths out there. Be, having to be refrigerated actually is a sign of a pretty weak probiotic because it can't withstand the room the, the um, temperature of your body. And it certainly isn't going to withstand the harsh environment in the gastric system, in the stomach, with the stomach acid. So um, I, I definitely, I'd love to debunk that myth because it's definitely a myth out there. It's a good one. I didn't know, know that, but it's like, duh, yeah. kind of yeah. makes so much yeah, sense. The other big myth out there is this idea that you need 50 billion CFUs. You know, you see, now you see products with like 250 billion CFUs or, you know, more is better. And, and that really has become such a marketing tool. And it's a, in large part because companies know that 
the strains aren't even getting there. So they put a whole bunch more and hopefully some will get oh. there. But um, yeah. most of them are not getting there. I know, obviously, the probiotic, but you have a huge lineup of amazing products. So I'm curious because you have the probiotic and then you also have a prebiotic. What's what's the difference? Yeah, yeah I've never known what the difference yeah. is yeah. between a prebiotic and a yeah. probiotic. Okay, well, I'm going to give an analogy that I think really helps. So if you kind of compare your intestines to a garden and the garden has been stepped on and trampled on and there's weeds growing all over that garden. The probiotic goes in there and it's like the gardener of the gut. It's going in and it's getting rid of the weeds in the garden. It's ta- it's taking those plants that have been stepped on and trampled on and bring helping bringing them back to life. And so in the gut, it's the same thing. It's like you're going in, the, the strains are going in there and they're kind of getting rid of the pathogenic bacteria. I mean, as much as they can. And then they're going in helping the good bacteria flourish and thrive and all of that in the gut. So back to the garden analogy, the prebiotic is like the, the fertilizer. So it's the food. So now it's feeding the good bacteria and in the intestines, it's feeding the good bacteria. But the problem with a lot of prebiotics on the market is that they don't know how to distinguish between the weeds in the garden and the you know good plants in the garden. So Sometimes when people will take a prebiotic, they actually can make a problem worse because if they have an overgrowth of bad bacteria, then they could make a problem worse by giving them prebiotics. So we did not launch a prebiotic for a long time. I mean, we, we are like very careful about products that we launched because we didn't want to make a problem worse. So we waited till we could find these fibers that only, they're oligosaccharide fibers that only target the beneficial bacteria. So um, they're really making this garden even more lush. So it's like the fertilizer for the good beneficial bacteria. That's really the key. When should you take the pre and probiotic? What's the idea? Yeah, the time of day doesn't matter as much as um, to take it with food. So the pre, the probiotic, take it with food. I always take, take it maybe like five, 10 minutes after a meal or with a meal. If I waited 10 minutes, I'd probably forget. So I usually take it right when my meal's over, but ideally it's like 10 minutes after a meal. But um, we have a study that shows that these strains use food to germinate throughout the intestines. So it's not bad to take it on an empty stomach. It just works that much better if you um, take it with food. And then the prebiotic, we have a powder and a capsule, but I usually use the powder. It tastes really good. And I just sprinkle it in um, water and I sip it throughout the day. So um, it doesn't, the time of day doesn't really matter, but some people like to take the probiotic in the morning because they say it gives them more energy. Uh, My dad likes to take it at night. So I don't know, everybody's different, but as long as you take it with food, it's going to work that much better. Is there any difference between the powder and the capsule? Yeah, there's not, there's like a little bit of like stevia in the, in the powder. So that's why a lot of there. Okay. I just hate drinking things. (laughs) I'm actually not even, I don't really even like taking pills, but I finally started like some supplements just for my health mm-hmm. issues uh, and right after this i'm gonna force her to take some when yes. we're done. no i'm like yeah i'm getting it after i'm like this. we're gonna take yes. it <laughs> i'm all about nat- promoting my natural health to the maximum this year because last year i think my body just self-destructed yeah and i mean and over this past year everything that we've been going through has been self-destruction yeah. i mean it and you know people think that um oh when i say like what you know people will say what else can i do for my gut health and i'm like well you could do like meditation and breathing. And I, people think I'm like crazy when I say that, but it's like, there is so much to, there's that vagus nerve that connects that your gut and your brain. And, you know, people who people think 
gut health just being gastrointestinal issues, but it's not. I mean, people have, there's a huge connection with like mental health disorders, with heart disease, with cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's, you know, all types of condition stem from that. So, um, and this that we've all undergone is, and the fear is so detrimental to our gut health. I, I, I cannot overstate that enough. It is so detrimental to our gut health. And instead of being fearful, let's do things by taking, you know, uh, starting out with a spore-based probiotic, taking the vitamin C, the vitamin D, the thing, you know, all the things that we should be taking. Um, and so that's the, what I'm praying that will come out of this whole thing is that people will now, people are taking more supplements and taking control of their health now more than ever. And I hope that that is one of the big silver linings of it all. I think that's something Tori and I have been really big on with this podcast, yes. especially this year is 2020 was insane for the world and it still is we're yeah. going on one year now of this and people's lives have been turned upside down and their health is being affected yeah. by it so i think we're both on this mission of just how we can optimize our lives and tori's always been way more into all that extra stuff <laughs> and i'm a lot more getting into this this year of like okay meditating breathing tori does like the grounding workouts mm -hmm. that she's big on but we're Really, that's why we're so excited to have you here because we're just trying to maximize our health in these natural ways. The other thing I was going to say, which I think Sam and I also touched on, was I was really frustrated as a medical professional. I know Michael brought this up too, was the lack of support or information about how to prevent things if you, you know, before you get sick, you know, and why are we talking about the ways to help and optimize your life before all these, you know, whatever, if you get sick, how to, how to maximize your body to fight, whatever it is. And I, I personally feel like that's a lot, we have a lot of work to do in that area. I think in the medical field, we, we are very big advocates for that of, you know, we really need to get ahead of this. And, you know, I, it's frustrating, but I do think it's hopefully on the forefront. I think we're starting to talk a lot about it in the medical field. Well, and you even brought up mental health. And Tori and I have talked really openly about mental health on this podcast multiple times. And the funny thing that I just realized is I went on antidepressants back in the summer, the same time that my... Uh, anemia symptoms started, my iron deficiency. And now that the more I've reached about iron deficiency, I'm seeing that people with severe iron deficiencies cause tw about 20% of people have depression. And I'm just like now kind of putting this together that I was also mistaking all these symptoms for this feels like depression, but it was weird. And now I'm like, okay, I've been on antidepressants for six months and I'm kind of anxious to see and I'm big on if you need medication for mental health you should be on them um, there's a stigma about it and people don't take care of themselves in that way because they don't want to be stigmatized of being on meds but it's really interesting about how my overall physiological health impacts your mental health and I'm really excited to kind of get my body squared away and see how that will affect my mental health because I think that's a major contributor. Well, absolutely. And I think what people are like, that's why I'm always so passionate about telling people to start with their gut because all like 
all our neurotransmitters are produced in our gut. So 90% of our serotonin is produced in our gut. Dopamine is produced in our gut. GABA is in our gut. (laughs) Give me all the dopamine. (laughs) Exactly. So, but I mean, you know, kudos for you for going on and being open about it because you are, you will help so many people. And I agree with you. I've seen so many people. um, I don't know if you've ever followed Gabby Bernstein, but she was, you know, she's a very, yeah. yeah, And I mean, she was very open about the fact that she went on medication and, you know, she was such a natural, like medication you know, meditation and like, you know, self-help guru. And, and she went on it. And I think it is, and that's what I was saying. Like, if you go on something, maybe it's temporary until you try to get to the root cause of it. And, you know, there could be so many different causes and maybe it's not temporary, but you know, you you're trying to get to the root cause of it. And I definitely needed it when I started it. And last year, I think for the selfie listeners that have been following me know what a tough year last was for me and my family. But now that I'm kind of on this overall venture to get my health in line, I'm kind of excited to see where that can take me in terms of coming off those meds. But I mean, that's what I think is so exciting about like when somebody is challenged with something medically is it, and you do it when you're getting, when you focus on getting to the root cause of it, it opens up all of a sudden, you're going to feel like the best you've ever felt when you get to the bottom the, the root source and you get to the bottom line and then you just start to feel and you're optimizing every area of your overall health. So um, that's, it's, it's an exciting path. It's, it's difficult when you're going through it. So I, I'm sorry that you're going through all of this, but it's like, it is really exciting when you get to the other end of it and you will get to the other end. It's really like, it is, I don't know another word other than exciting to just be like, there's the possibility of feeling better and it's here and it's happening. It's also exciting for me because you get cranky yeah. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and hormones too. I think hormones is a great area to look at too. So I'm also taking your IgG. Yeah, what's that? Yeah. Okay. Well, because we give it to our patients, right? So we do yeah. Ig, you know, all the things, we but I'm curious. IVIG. Yeah. But um, can you go into that yeah. a little bit? So IgG stands for, you know, it's a immunoglobulin G. So immunoglobulin G is one of the most abundant antibodies in the body. So the antibodies job in our, in, in our bodies, our body produces antibodies anyway, and it goes into, um, its job is to grab onto toxins. So mold toxins, fungi, viral toxins, all pathogenic bacteria. Its job is to like grab onto toxins and neutralize them, and then your body will safely remove them. So it's binding toxins, neutralizing them, and then your body safely removes them. So our IgG is additional IgG. So it provides your gut about 25% more IgG. And um, we actually found out about this because Karan, our microbiologist, and I were invited to a really cool event with HIV researchers um, because of our work on leaky gut, on leaky gut, the study that we had published. And so um, we got there and we met another company out there that had, they was also invited because they had done work with this IgG and found that it was dramatically reducing the viral load um, with HIV patients and therefore helping, um, you know, their bodies combat other types of viruses. And so with our IgG, you know, I was like everybody in my family, I'm like, you need to get on this, like when COVID hit. And there is absolutely no evidence that IgG would bind to the coronavirus. I mean, that's not what I'm saying, but it is lessening your viral load. That's the hope of adding more IgG is that you're lessening the viral load and therefore your body and your immune system is ready to, you know, take on other types of things. And that's, 
that's what I love to just remind people is that our bodies are so naturally resilient. We are meant to, we are faced with viruses on a daily basis. We are meant to naturally, you know, fight off things. And I just think we are so, you know, convinced that we're not able, you know, that we're not able to fight these things. And so, um, but we actually are. So I just think we have to remind ourselves of that as a society. Yes, 100%. And I think that's been something that we've been battling all this past year, which is really frustrating. And I think I agree with you. I think the idea of fear and increasing those cortisol levels, you know, it, it really does affect your body in such a big way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I just, I'm always trying to explain to people, like, we just need to remind ourselves that our bodies are beautifully designed to be healing and and we could do things to support us. Unfortunately, we don't live in, you know, people are like, oh, the US was hit so hard. It's like, well, that's not surprising. I mean, we are not a healthy country. Right. I mean, it's like, we are not. We We're are not. eating processed foods at epidemic levels. Mm -hmm. We are um, spraying glyphosate all over our food supply. We are, you know, obese. We are scarfing McDonald's in a parking right, lot. Scarfing, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've never done that. I don't know what you're talking but it's, it's like we have to remind ourselves of that. And, and, and it's our duty to stay healthy, go out and exercise and get your vitamin D, go out in the sun. In fact, that was the, I think I had talked about that on the podcast was that I was listening to the news and I, there was a doctor that was on every day. He would be on telling the bad news about everything that's awful with COVID. And, and he said, um, oh, um, yeah, yeah, there was a study that came out about vitamin. There's so many studies about vitamin D and they're so compelling. Yeah, vitamin D. Yeah, and, and the newscaster said, well, do you think you should, people should be taking vitamin D? And he said, oh, no, 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 you know? And I'm like, oh my God, like, I, I, I keep saying, why don't we just go test? Why doesn't everybody just get free testing for vitamin D levels? Yes. Let's check our vitamin D levels. And if it's not above 60, it's not like, talk about normal labs. I mean, you know, 30, I think nanograms per milliliter is the minimum, but you shouldn't be at 30, you should be above 60. And it's like people- Exactly, I think that's what people don't get. Yes. They're like- my labs are normal, but no, then we need yeah. to take it's like that normal isn't optimal. That's right. Optimal. That's what we need to get at. But you know, vitamin D, it's like the studies are so compelling. If we have optimal levels of vitamin D that you are going to be a, react to the virus that much more favorably. And so that's, I think, I also think we don't spend enough time outside as oh, a country. I could not agree with yep. you more. We, especially now pandemic work from mm -hmm. home or a lot of people have office jobs. So they see sun their walk from their car to the office and then their home, even going to the gym is indoors. People just aren't outside getting exposure to the natural vitamin yeah. D. And that was one of the hardest things I think with the pandemic is the very thing we should have been doing going outside, you know, yep. the beaches were closed. Safer yeah, at home. Parks were closed. <laughs> Everything was closed. It was, it's yeah. really, um, it's really too bad to see the way things were handled. So. And Tori and I were big on, being safe during this whole pandemic, but we're also big on, yeah, get outdoors. So yeah. the whole park closure thing was frustrating to me because I'm like, I want to go out and walk my dogs. Yeah. And you can, that's the most safe way to socially Absolutely. distance. Yeah. Get outside and be open air and away yeah. from people. But even see, so I was like, give us our yeah, nature back. Yeah, and seeing people. And, you know, I, I'm worried about the kids right now, the, these young toddlers the way you're building your immune system is by being around other children and they're building their immune system from the ages. I mean, their adult microbiome is pretty much developed by the age of about two and a half. And now these kids are not, you know, around other kids. I, I, I'm scared to see what the repercussions will be in years to come. I, I, I hope it would 
Not to mention all the cleaning supplies you know every single household was using this year, which, yeah, okay, it was valid. Yeah. In stock. But it's like, that had, that I'm sure. Well, have you seen the video of the little toddler? And it was funny. I think part of my language, it was on the Fuck Jerry Instagram <laughs> account, but it's the little girl. And the caption is, my daughter thinks everything is hand sanitizer. Yeah. And so you see this little Ugh. toddler walk up and everything that's rectangle it's shaped, like, whether it's like a power box, she'll like put her hands under it and then instinctively rub them together, even though nothing oh. comes out. And there's like all these different things, everything she sees that's a rectangle, she puts her hands under and rubs because she's been so conditioned now to be like, hand sanitizer. Yeah, yeah, that, that is awful. That I didn't even think about that aspect of it, but that is awful that these kids just think that this is good for them. And it's... It's so detrimental to our bacteria. I cannot explain it. I mean, it is just, and it's literally wiping out 90 or 80% of your immune system is found in your gut. I mean, our gut is so important. In fact, our immune cells won't even be activated if you don't have a microbiome or if your microbiome is dysfunctional, your immune cells, your dendritic cells, your T cells, your B cells will all be sitting there doing nothing if your microbiome is not functioning properly. And that's what I think people are shocked about. It's like, they don't even realize the role that your microbiome has. And now we're taking all this hand sanitizer and household cleaning supplies that kills 99.99% of the bacteria. And it's literally, you know, causing harm on our microbiome and our, the ability to fight viral infections. Crazy thing is in nursing, we teach, and me even as a college nursing professor, the number one way to prevent infection is good hand hygiene and hand washing. But there is like a fine balance. It's different when we're working in the hospital setting and we're being exposed to germs and then just your normal way of life at home. Right, right. And it's like, of course, like hand washing, I don't have a problem with hand washing. I, you know, I'm fine with that. It's just, it's the hand sanitizer that has all those antimicrobials or, you know, I don't like to use antimicrobial um, soap or anything like that. Just, I just use regular soap and water. It's funny because when I'm away from the hospital, I literally crave being in nature and getting <laughs> dirty and just being like, yes. I don't know, in real life nature. It's just, yeah. And you're a horsey girl. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, can you actually tell us what microbiome means for maybe people who don't understand what that is? Because we've mentioned it a few times. Yeah. So the microbiome is the totality of all the organisms that are living on us from viruses to bacteria to fungi, um, all of these um, protozoas, all of these types of um, microorganisms are basically, they comprise your uh, microbiome and it's all over us. It's outside of us. It's on the inside of us, but the majority of it is found in your intestines or your gut. So um and it's really, your microbiome is so, so critically important to you. So what are ways that you can kind of test to like evaluate your microbiome health? Like labs yeah. or things you recommend to even getting a baseline understanding of like, is my microbiome out of whack? Yeah, I think that one of the easiest ways to test it is to know what your, you know, how regular you are and what your poops look like and how, you know, I mean, just, are you regular? Are you going all the time? Are you, are they, you know, too much? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Too Consistency, much, too little. Color. Consistency, color, all those things are really poop one of matters. the best tests, you know, poop matters. And, you know, it's, and there are outward symptoms too, you know, like you have a skin rash, you have acne, you have um, like anything like the eczema or psoriasis. Those are all indications that your gut is imbalanced. Um, anxiety, depression, um, Alzheimer's, any of those things are indications that your 
gut is imbalanced. Um, and it's safe to assume that the, because of the world we live in, most people's are. In fact, there was a study that said that they estimated that 80% of the adult population has a leaky gut and doesn't even know I it. That. And so, and that's the leakiness of the gut is basically toxins that are in your gut that are seeping into your bloodstream. When those toxins seep into your bloodstream, your you know, immune system creates this, you know, inflammatory response to these toxins that are seeping into your bloodstream. They're not problematic in your gut. They really become problematic when they go into your bloodstream. So um, we have to really, you know, they estimate, like I said, 80% of the adult population has a leaky gut. The study that University of North Texas did with our strains is they took college students and they took hundred college students and found that 55% of them had a leaky gut and didn't know it. These are kids who were on no medication. They had no symptoms, you know, so it's really safe to assume that you have a gut, you know, people have gut imbalance going on. And the, the scary thing about the leaky gut study is that um, we found out that it's like a leaky gut is like a dripping faucet. Like it's, you get a little bit of leak and it doesn't cause much of a problem. A little bit more doesn't cause a problem. Eventually it just overflows. And then, you know, one day somebody's like, oh my God, I have an autoimmune condition or I have eczema or I have, you know, whatever it might be. I have lupus. I have whatever autoimmune condition there is or, or an allergies is another one. I mean, if you have allergies, you first, you know, almost, you know, 90% have a leaky gut and don't even know it. So does it affect your hormone that, balances? Um, absolutely. So um, our, all, all of our hormones are secreted and produced in our gut. So um, really important to be taking care of a balance, have a balanced gut for estrogen balance issues and progesterone balance issues. So absolutely. One of the best things we could be doing for our microbiome is to be eating a diverse group of foods. So, you know, our ancestors used to eat like 600 different types of foods on an annual basis. And we eat like 15 types of foods on an annual basis. When you think about it, you know, it's people don't really eat this diverse type of food. So I always suggest even going to like grocery stores and buying different types of, you know, you could buy different types of fruits and vegetables from ethnic grocery stores and, you know, just to create diversity, but really try to change up what you're eating. You know, whenever, if I go out to dinner or go out for lunch or whatever, I always try to buy something that I'm not as comfortable cooking, or I don't make as well so that I could just have different types of foods in my gut. Cause that helps promote diversity. I think the frustrating thing in this country is how expensive it is to buy organic or to buy grass fed free range meats and stuff. That's such a detriment to our society. Well, I think as far as meat goes, we don't need to eat as much meat as we're eating. I love meat. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> well, I think it's like, we all have to figure out what works for us. Right. It's like, I agree. Is there a downside to consuming a probiotic? Uh, not a spore-based probiotic. Um, not at all. In fact, um, you know, we have to remember too, our ancestors, like we're used to taking these on a daily basis. They were part of our normal daily gut commensal bacteria. I mean, we should be taking these on a daily basis. So um, the only downside that I could even see is sometimes when you, when you have a lot of dysbiosis in your gut or a lot of imbalance in your gut, you could have some die off. So meaning that you start having some gastrointestinal discomfort. And I would just, in those situations, tell people to start like slowly or like titrate down and then do like a half a capsule a day. You could open the capsules and actually mix them with food. So they're great for kids. We tested them up to 455 degrees and they remain entirely stable. 
But um, sometimes if you have some imbalance going on, you start taking it, you might experience some die off and that's very normal, it happens. Um, and all it really means is that it's working and that you really need it, you know? So don't get scared off by it. it. It always makes me sad when someone's like, oh, that didn't work for me. I, you know, had diarrhea when I started taking it or I had constipation, whatever it may be. And it's like, no, no, just stick with it. Just go slower. And then eventually titrate up to one capsule um, a day. Can you actually touch on, uh, cause I'm just curious for myself, your K27 mm-hmm. and the gut, yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, first of all, like just going back to like how we bring products to the market, we will only bring products that are missing and needed in the market. So we are very adamant about like enzymes we think are super important, but there's a lot of companies doing enzymes really well. We wouldn't do that because we want to bring things that are really missing in the market and so desperately needed. So our gut fortify um, is basically a mucosal support. So there's the gut lining. And then on top of that is the mucus layer. And that mucus layer is so massive and it is literally so protective of our body because it's, and our mucosal is being attacked, you know, with all these toxins in the world we're living in. And so the the mucus and our probiotic will help support the mucosal layer, but our fortify is like, it's like, it will help rebuild it. So it's kind of taking it that next step. So the probiotic will recondition it and then the, um, the uh, prebiotic just kind of, you know, helps create more diversity in the gut and create more of the good bacteria. And then the gut fortify is helping rebuild that mucosal lining, um, which is so critically um, protective of our, the inside of our body. And so it's got some polyphenols in there, some amino acids, and it's just, it's incredible formula. Our vitamin K2 is actually our one supplement that's really not totally related to the gut. Um, we are mostly a gut health supplement company, but we did our, our K2 is something we saw as a huge need. Vitamin K2 is a, um, it's a critical nutrient that's really we're so deficient in. And its job in the body is to move calcium away from the arteries, like the heart, and put it into the bone. So it's really, really critical. 90% of the population is deficient in vitamin K. There really are no food sources of vitamin K2. Vitamin K1 is different. That's the blood clotting vitamin, but vitamin K2, its job is to direct calcium away from the arteries and put it into the bone. One of the biggest problems we're having right now is everyone's taking so much vitamin D and vitamin D is great. And I'm a huge fan of it. But the problem is if you're taking high amounts of vitamin D, you are, it's depleting your body's K2. And now we're not replenishing our body's K2. If you don't take, you need to be taking that D and K together. So, um, and we didn't put vitamin K2 in our supplement, um, in our product, because we knew that vitamin, people are taking so much vitamin D. They were taking vitamin D even before COVID, but um, now they're taking it even more. And so if you're taking vitamin D without K2, it could deplete your K2 um, response even more. And so, you know, people take calcium for bones. Well, calcium doesn't know where to go unless it's, and that's, there's a reason why people with, who are taking vit, um, calcium actually mm-hmm. have a higher incidence of heart disease because that calcium, it could be traveling to your heart and it's now causing plaque and calcification on the arteries. And there was an incredible study done by Rotterdam um, University. It was called Rotterdam Study. Forty-eight hundred patients. That's a lot of patients in the study, over a ten-year period of time. I mean, this is an incredible study. It showed that even forty-five micrograms of vitamin K two reduced arterial calcification 
by 50%, reduce heart disease, uh, I mean, mortality with from heart disease by 50%, and dec increased, um, decreased um, all-cause mortality by 25%, just all-cause mortality, which explains, you know, how important vitamin K2, it's great for um, nerve health, brain health, all different types of things. So the vitamin K2 is really a critical nutrient too. And we're not getting it. You know, with prebiotics, I say probiotics, the, the spore-based probiotics, you can't really get from food. You're not going to get it in yogurts or fermented foods. I think fermented foods are super beneficial because of the ferment, but it's not a replacement for a probiotic. Um, you're not going to get for prebiotics. You could get them from food. You could get lots of, you're eating a lot of high fiber vegetables and, um, you know, artichoke hearts and, um, you know, banana, different types of foods that are really high prebiotic foods, you don't need to take the prebiotic. But vitamin K2, the probiotic, you're not getting vitamin K2. I mean, the biggest source of it is the Japanese food, natto. It's so nutrient dense with vitamin K2, but most people won't eat it. So we're really not getting it in um, the Western population or even for that matter, most of the world. Who should be taking our IgG? Well, anybody that wants to really be supporting their immune system. I mean, you really want to be, you know, you need to be bringing down that viral load. And so that's what that's doing. It's really helping give your body more IgG to help find the, and neutralize those toxins that are found in the body. What are some other tips you can offer the listeners for ways for wellness practices to sell, sort of like optimize their overall health? I really think that, you know, drinking water is good. Um, probably the number one most important thing is sleep and really making that a huge, um, you know, priority in your life. You really need to be focusing on sleep. Um, I cannot express that enough. And I think that a lot of people's sleep habits kind of got out of whack over the past year. Um, some people probably had more sleep because they weren't doing the commute. So that's good. But I do think sleep is really important to make, have a routine with it. Um, drinking lots of water, like I said, really trying to um, stay hydrated, I think is really important. Um, just being like, living like very, a very grateful life, focusing, you know, gratitude is a huge, that's another core value of our company, but it's also a personal core value of mine. Um, I just feel like being grateful for things is really powerful. The, um, I think I mentioned that my aunt came, my aunt Mary came up with the name just thrive and she passed away shortly after we launched. And it was really, really hard for me. I was super close with her. It was very unexpected. And, um, and I had a gratitude journal on my nightstand and I would write it in all the time. And I just couldn't write in it. Like after she died, I'm like, this is, you know, you went through all of the emotions that you have when you have a loss and something came over me like six weeks later. And I just started writing in the gratitude journal and writing about the life when I was a little girl and she was older and she would, you know, and, and like this rich, and then I started having kids and she started helping me with my kids. And like, we just had this rich and meaningful relationship and how it was short, but at least it was so beautiful while we had it. And it just, I just saw how powerful gratitude is in your life. And, it, and if you look at life like that, and even with COVID people think I'm crazy. Cause I'm always like, Oh my God, it's so nice. My kids are home. You know, my kids are older. And you know, the one, I think I mentioned to you before we started that she came home from school. She went to school in California and I didn't think she'd come home after that. And she did. And I'm like, I'm, I know it's because of COVID. So even in bad situations, we have the power to choose our attitude. And I think if we focus on gratitude and all the things that we are grateful for, it helps shift our focus and it helps, you know, kind of change our mindset. I think that's really important. Yeah. I love that so much. Were you always an entrepreneur? Like, was this, did it come naturally to you? 
You know, I wasn't one of those kids that was like, oh, I want to set up a lemonade. I mean, I set up plenty of lemonade stands, but I wasn't one of those like kids. I had lemonade stands, (laughs) snow cone stands. I've been a hustler. You've been a hustler. I love that. Um, But I was always into business. I love business. I always, my parents are entrepreneurs and I always was, I'd always talk to my mom and dad about, oh, how'd you do this? And how'd you do this? And um, and so it, it's funny because I started out as a, in litigation and that really wasn't my passion. My passion was, work, so I liked working on the business side as a lawyer, but this has been amazing. I mean, it's definitely the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, especially, you know, my kids are all athletes and I was really involved in their, their lives and their sports lives. But, um, and I never worked so hard in my life when I was an entrepreneur and I never learned so much and never felt so, you know, kind of dumb, really. It was like, I didn't know so many things and it was just, um, but no, I, I wasn't, I wasn't always an entrepreneur, but it's been so fun. And if anybody has any desire to do it, I would say go for it because it's really fun. So you mentioned how involved you were with your kids and their sports. How do you balance all that then? <laughs> <laughs> Did I ever say I balanced? <laughs> fair, fair. I don't remember saying that. Yeah, no, no. Um, yeah, I wore a it, lot it of hats, really, though. I wore a lot of hats, and one of the things Billy, my husband, and I said is that we would like we are so proud of like our marriage. Like I'm literally married to my soulmate. We'll be married 28 years in May, and I we have three amazing kids. Family is super important to us. We're really close with my family. We're really close with my husband's family, and in fact, our parents. Are, the four of them are really good friends. So we are so blessed in our personal lives. And we just like, we're like committed to like not ever destroying any of that while building this business. And I will admit during it, I kind of, I felt like I almost started to destroy my health in the process because I was doing everything. And so it's like, something's got to give. And we usually take it upon our own selves first. Yeah. And that was, that was hard. Cause I was stressed. My cortisol was like off the chart and I wanted to do it all. And then once we started building the team, and that's why I always tell people like change your lifestyle, you know, really make your, do something with your lifestyle. If you're stressed, it's not, it's not good to live that life. It just isn't that heightened cortisol is not good for you. And so I just would suggest, um, so like when we started building our team, it was like the first employee allowed us to grow our business so much more than our next employee. And, and it was like, it just kept, and I mean, now we have this incredible team there. It's so much fun. And that's probably been the best uh, part about being an entrepreneur is building our team. Cause they're literally like another family to us. I mean, we just, we're so close with each other and it's been really great, but, um, I, I don't know that I've, I've balanced it really well. I've just, I've made my family a huge priority and our business a huge priority, but, um, and I'm blessed to have, you know, my kids were older, you know, they were in high school, but they were both, all three of my kids are, my son's about to go to college. He's playing a college sport. My other two played college sports. We didn't miss their meets or their games. We were always at everything. And, um, it was, it was so much fun along the way, um, but it was hard. It was definitely hard. So just hire people. That's what I'd say. <laughs> hire good people. Honestly, the best thing you can do is surrounding yourself with people that work harder than you and are smarter than you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. That's, I, I love that about working smarter than you. I mean, it's like, I always, everybody I hire, I'm like, I'm hiring you. Like I am taking money away from me right now to give to you because you are smarter than me in this area. And I'm just, um, and I have no ego about that. I mean, that's the smartest thing you could do is to hire people smarter than you. Um, so do you have a good life tip or something that you can leave for our audience or something they can take away from, from you? I think one of the things I think a lot of people struggle with is forgiveness. Like, I feel like, um, that is such a, um, 
I've seen it with so many people. You know, I told you I read a lot of Wayne Dyer, Norman, Vincent Peale, and I read a lot of books like that because I love living my best life. I grew up with a dad that was always like, you're getting better and better every day. And Aww. I was surrounded by that. And I, I feel so blessed and I love to pass that on to other people. And so I see when I talk to friends, you know, a lot of times people will come out to come to me because I'm, I love to talk to people about these types of things. And one of the biggest things I see is people that have trouble forgiving other people. And I think it holds so many people back. I think it causes disease. I think it causes illness and sickness. And I just feel like people don't realize that, you know, when you don't forgive somebody, it's like drinking the poison that you want to give to that person. I mean, you're drinking, it's not about, it's not about letting them go or about um, like, it's not about them, you know, it's about you. You need to forgive them for you, not for them, forgive them for you. It doesn't mean that if someone's hurt you, you know, just know that they have, they're in a really bad place and that's why they're doing something to you. It has nothing to do with you. You know, I'm sure have you guys read the book, the four agreements. No, but we should. Oh my gosh. You have to read it. I would tell everybody to read it. The one agreement is like, don't ever take anything personally because nothing anybody does has anything to do with you. And so, um, and it really, you have to remember that when someone says something that's hurtful or mean or does something that's hurtful, it's just, it doesn't have anything to do with you. It has to do with whatever they're going, whatever's going on in their own life or what they think is the best thing to do at the time. So, um, but just to forgive them that that's, and, and just move on. And it's, it's so bad to like be revengeful and all that. It, it's, it doesn't serve you. So that's powerful, especially because I'm known to sometimes have a little petty, <laughs> petty side. <laughs> I'm a Capricorn. I'm like a grudge yeah. holder. Yeah. I'm going to read that. I think the older I get, the more I'm like just letting go. So I like that recommendation. Thank you. Yeah. I think as we get older, you just start yeah. seeing things like that, that way, you know, bigger picture. I wasn't like that when I, I wasn't like free and really good like that when I was your age either. So it's like, it's, it, you know, we've all, we all evolve, you know? So I think 2020 has put a lot of things into perspective for me too. So I feel like going into 2021, I've kind of reframing the way I think. Tina, you are absolutely amazing. Thank you I so, so much. much. I know. Oh, thank you guys. You guys are amazing. Thank you for the opportunity. Where can everybody find you? Where, where can they get their hands on your products? Um, yep. Just go to just thrive health dot com. So just thrivehealth.com and um you could order there or you could go to Instagram is our handle is just thrive health. That's probably the easiest. Thank okay. you so much. That was amazing. Thank you guys. You're awesome. Good job. I'm so proud of what you guys are doing. It's awesome. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. We hope you loved today's episode. And guess what? We have something really special for every single one of you. If you guys head over to justthrive.com forward slash selfie, you get 15% off of your order. We are so thrilled to be able to offer this to you guys today. Especially because... We already know how much it's worked for Tori and I yes. just started on it and I'm already like, I mean, what she said was not wrong about if your <laughs> gut's kind of already messed up, might um, experience I, some, some unpleasant things starting off, but it's already kind of like wearing for me and now yeah. I'm starting to see like the good effects and I'm like, ooh, I'm only like, yeah. you know, I haven't been taking it that long and I'm like jazzed to really... I effect. swear within a week I started feeling so much better and also my skin it's just clearing up so much I cannot say yeah, enough good like things glowing, girl oh you? okay, okay. Uh, well that and I, so I take the probiotic and the IgG and I'm obsessed 
Yeah, the IgG is like good shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, I got a bottle of that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you guys, and you guys know the drill. Uh, head over to www.selfiepodcast.com to check out all of our episodes and our merch. Head over to the link in our bio, you guys. Please, if you love us. We want to go on a trip with you. 2022, here we go. We're we heading. need your feedback yes, to plan it. So. We cannot wait. Yes. We're so excited. We're thinking Bali. We're gonna. Ha- we're going to Bali. I'm. I have strong Bali vibes in mm-hmm. my life right now. Mm-hmm. Thank you to all of you who have submitted. We're so excited about this. We want to get planning. We want to put can't everything wait to together. Meet you guys post COVID. Yes. and See our people. Champagne on the flight there. Like we're going out. We're doing the whole thing. We're so pumped. Love that for us. Love that for us. Love that for us. So head over to fill out that form. Um, and as always, you guys make sure to rate and review our show. All the cute new swag coming your way. We're sending it out this next month. Make sure you get those reviews in. When you leave the review, make sure you leave your Insta handle in the review and we'll be sending it over to you. And where can they find us, Miss Sam? So I'm on Instagram at Hey Samantha with two A's. And at Nurse Tori. And we love you guys so much. And tune in Friday for a Special bonus Fun Friday episode. We are dropping our last bonus episode on Friday. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a good one, you guys. This is a very highly requested topic. We can't wait to release this one to you. Stay tuned. All right, you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.